anything better to do. I don't have anything better to do. Father, I thank you today for giving us opportunity to spend this time in your word. I pray, Father, that during this spiritual time of transaction in the Holy Ghost, that God, you speak to us from heaven. I pray that God, you bring uh, Holy Ghost conviction to our hearts where it's needed, strength to our hearts where it's needed, joy to our hearts where it's needed. I pray that God, you give us uh, hearing ears and seeing eyes and receiving hearts. And I pray that God, you bring uh, through me the words of life. Give me divine utterance to speak what you give me to speak and divine unction to do what you tell me to do. I will obey. And your people, we will be blessed today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And amen. Tell your neighbor, I don't have anything better to do. I don't have anything better to do. I, I'm, I'm, today I want to talk about discipleship. Everybody say discipleship. I've been focused in the last several weeks, and we are gearing up. We had, in fact, our first evangelism team meeting on last Sunday to get our evangelism team going, and we're going to present everybody before you uh, here probably next week or so because we want to just make, make sure we lay hands and pray on everybody because we want that team to go out, and we're going to be winning souls for Jesus Christ. And um, But with that, and in my preaching, I've been preaching uh, primarily in the last uh, in the Sundays because uh, I want to win souls. I want people saved. But what I understand is, is that there's a level beyond salvation, the born-again experience that we must all attain, and that's the level of discipleship because it's, it's discipleship that brings you into a, a real fellowship with Jesus. When you get born again, you come into a relationship with Jesus. But with discipleship, you now carry out fellowship with Jesus. Can you say fellowship with Jesus? And God wants us to have more than a relationship. He wants us to have fellowship. People who are married, they're in a relationship. People who are fathers and daughters and mothers and sons and so on forth, brothers and sisters, you are in a relationship, but fellowship is something different. And God wants us to have fellowship with him, fellowship with him. And so we must move. There's a, there's a place I want to move you to. Many of you are already there. Many of you are already there. Uh, in fact, I, if, I don't want anybody to get angry. But I, I sort of differentiate uh, our Sunday audience from our Wednesday audience. In fact, that's why you usually hear me preaching something different on Wednesdays than I do on Sundays. I'll continue a message on Sundays, but I'll do something different on Wednesdays because Wednesdays, I go, I, it, there's a, it's a different, um, different crowd. Now, I know some of y'all are in both subsets, but, I, I, but in that Wednesday night crowd, I'm dealing with more of my discipleship as opposed to just our membership. Now, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to pick on anybody because I know that people have obligations and people are working and, you know, schedules are, you know, a thing, thing like that. But, <laughs> but many people are, are absent from that time not because they're obligated to something, but because they are preferring something else. And what that says is you are a member but not a disciple. Or you are even cast as a believer but not a disciple because it is possible to be a believer and not be a disciple. It is very possible. 
and, and I, I want to move everybody because God is taking us. I don't know if you sense it. Angie, good to see you, girl. Give God a hand for this to Angie. Took her into the hospital, brought her out safely, and she's alive. Praise God. Some people don't make it out of the hospital. But she made it. Praise God. We're glad to have you. But I want to move, I want to move this church into a place, you know, because I told you on Wednesday, I'm, I'm, we're talking about tapping into the grace. And I told you I want to begin to, we're going to eventually get to dealing with our iPad, our identity, our purpose, our assignment, and our destiny in the kingdom. That God has given us a kingdom purpose, a kingdom assignment, a kingdom destiny, a kingdom identity. But we have to grow into that. Because God has to move us from uh, membership to discipleship to get there. Y'all can say amen better than that. <laughs> there, there are things that you get as a disciple that you don't get as just a member. Um, Jesus had many who followed him in what the Bible called multitudes or even great multitudes, but there were things that the disciples got, that they were privy to, that they enjoyed, that they saw, that they experienced, that the multitudes never got. Because multitudes were just, they were believers, they were followers to a degree, but they were not necessarily disciples. They were following to get something, but not following to be something. They were following to get something, but not following to do something. And a disciple isn't just out to get something from God. A disciple is out to be something. A disciple is out to do something for the kingdom of God. In fact, when Jesus began to call his disciples, one thing he said to them was, he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. In other words, you're going to be something. He said, he said, fear not, he said in Luke 5, he said, from, for, from now on, you're going to catch men. You're going to do something. So disciples, they become something and they do something. But when you're just a, a, just a member or just a follower or just a, a believer, how many of y'all have followers on your, your Instagram or Facebook? I don't know how all that stuff works. You have these fans, and they, they, you, they follow, but they don't interact. You, you got, you got 10,000 followers, but only got three likes on your picture. Because they're following, but they're not really interacting. And, and you, you don't care how many followers you have. What, you, what really builds your, your, your presence is the interaction. In fact, some people, I've learned this just from, from listening to our, our kids. There's some people who, they, they will follow you to get you to follow them back. And then they will unfollow you because they really didn't want to follow you. They just wanted to get your like to get you to follow them. Jesus dealt with that in his time, and it still exists in the church today. People who will follow Jesus to get something and then unfollow him once they get it. 
And I got news for you. You know what he does? He unfollows you. Y'all didn't like to hear that. Y'all. You don't want to get unfollowed by Jesus. Can you say amen? amen? So disciples are they go beyond this believer follower status. Because disciples are willing to forsake and forego things in this world for the sake of the call of God. And I'm searching for people who want the call of God fully activated in their lives. I, I thank God one day we can have 10,000 members, but if you got 10,000 members but only 1,000 disciples, I don't mean disciples of me. I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I'm not looking for you to be, to be, be my disciple. I'm, that's, not, that's not, no, I'm, I'm talking about being his disciple. As a matter of fact, you're not even my member. That's why I don't put my stock in you. You, you read the book of, book of John, the Bible says Jesus himself, he, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't put himself, he, he didn't entrust himself to anybody because he knew what was in man. He knew people will follow you today, like you today, subscribe to you today, unsubscribe tomorrow. They'll be all, all in your stinky stink today and tomorrow they can't even stand you. So I'm not, I'm not trying to get you to follow me. I want you to follow Jesus. As a matter of fact, I want you following him so tough that if I ever got stupid, you don't go off with me, you stay with him. Tell your neighbor, stay with Jesus. Tell him if pastor gets stupid, we're going to stay with Jesus. That's the way I want it. That's a, a Paul, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. In other words, if I don't follow Christ, don't follow me. Y'all got this here. But I want to talk about disciples just because the disciples, they forsake and they forego things for the sake of the cause, of the call of God. In Luke 5, verse 11, when Jesus dealt with some disciples, one of, some of his first disciples, the Bible says that when they had brought their ships to land, remember when Jesus, he, he, he uh, calls Peter and those guys to get the, the net, net breaking catch of fish that absolutely revolutionized their lives and their businesses and their family trees. Yet, he said, y'all follow me. And the Bible says, so when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all. They had, they had a, more fish than they ever knew what to do with their business exploded in one day. And yet, because they heard his voice, they forsook all. Tell your neighbor, you got to forsake all. They forsook all and they followed him. Now in Luke 5, verse 15, just four verses later, I want you to see what it says here. It says, but so much the more went there a fame abroad of him and great multitudes came together, watch this, to hear and to be healed of them of their infirmities. To hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So notice the multitudes came to hear and to be healed. They came to get something. They didn't forsake anything. They came to get something. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is going over well. In Luke 5, look at verse 27 and 28, the same chapter, Luke 5, verse 27 and 28. After these things, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi. We know him as Matthew. <laughs> Levi. And a tax collector, which means he's very wealthy. Very wealthy man. He's working for the Romans. He's got it made. And it says he's sitting at the tax office, so he finds him at work. And he said to him, this is Jesus talking to him, he said to him, follow me, verse 28. So he left all, rose up, and followed him. Now that's some sort of dedication, some sort of decision. It's a life-altering decision to follow who, a man who appeared at that time uh, to be a wanderer. A man who had no, uh, seemingly no headquarters set up. Who didn't have a church built. Wasn't driving a Bentley yet. Didn't have a jet yet. He didn't have anything. He was just launching into ministry. But he comes by Levi or Matthew's office and says, hey, you, follow me. And the Bible says he left all. And he followed him. Can I keep going? In Luke 6, verse 12 through 13. I love, I, I love to hear those Bible pages turn. That's great. Luke 6, 12 through 13, and then 17 through 19. Look at, look at what it says. It says, now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Verse 13, verse 13. And when it was day, he called his disciples. To, verse 13, verse 13. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself, and from them he chose 12, whom he also named what? Apostles. apostles. Okay, so we see apostles here. Now drop down to verse 17 through 19. Verse 17 through 19. All right? And he came down with them, the apostles, and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples. So we see two groups now, right? His apostles. Then it says with a crowd of his who? And... So in verse 17, we see the, Jesus, the apostles, the disciples, and the multitude. Three different levels of, of relationship, of fellowship. Apostles, close to him, who he's sending out. The disciples, who forsook all, they abandoned everything and followed him. You know, Jesus had more than just 12 disciples. He, they followed him. But then, then the Bible distinctly says, and a great multitude. Different kinds of people. Which meant the multitude, they were not disciples. So you can be in the crowd. Oh boy, help me Jesus, help me Holy Ghost with this here. You can be in the crowd and not be a disciple. You can be going to church and not be a disciple. You can hang out with the church folk and not be a disciple. Because the Bible makes a distinction between the multitude and the disciples. There's something different about them. Hallelujah. In John 8, 31, the Bible says this about disciples. Jesus says this. He says, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples 
indeed. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. So remember he says the word continue, not start. If you continue in my word, if you abide in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. Abide means continue. That means, if, that means you don't just get saved and feel good, but you follow it all out. I, 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 got, I got to get this to you because, because, because there's somewhere God wants to take us. There's somewhere God wants to take you. There's things he wants to tell you that he can't tell you until you step into the discipleship status. You remember in Matthew chapter 13? Go to Matthew 13. Um, Matthew 13 and verse, um, let's go to verse 1. I want you to see this here. Because God wants you to step it up. Tell your neighbor God wants you to step it up. See, he's looking for a certain class of people. Because the, 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 the disciples get stuff others don't get. The disciples have access to things that others don't get. The disciples get to see things that others can't see. Remember when Jesus, when he went to Jairus' house in the, in the fifth chapter of Mark, and he's going to raise Jairus' daughter from the dead, and the Bible says that he put everybody out, and he took Peter, James, and John in there with him? They went in there in the room with him, and they got to see a demonstration of his glory that no one else got to see. When he went in, 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 uh, in, in Mark the ninth chapter, Matthew the 17th chapter, when he went up on the Mount of Transfiguration, he took Peter, James, and John, and they got to see something that nobody else got to see. The disciples got to see that. But over here in, in, in Matthew 13, look at this, Matthew 13, look at this verse, verse 1. Follow, just follow me along, follow along with me here in media. Verse, verse 1, on the same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. Verse 2, and who? were gathered together to him so that he got into a boat and sat and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables. So the multitudes, they got the teaching. They gathered to him and he taught them many things. He taught them right here. We see a parable we call the parable of the, of the grounds or the seed of the grounds. But then I want you to drop down please to verse 10. Verse 10, are you there? And the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? Now, who's of them he's talking about? The multitude. So the multitude, they got everything in parables. Stories that were meant to, to convey a lesson, convey a point, but they never got the revelation behind it. And if you don't get the revelation behind it, you can't act on it. You, 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 can't get, you can't get the fruit of it if you don't get the revelation of it. So they heard everything in parables. So then he, he, they said, how come you speak to them, the non-disciples, in parables? Now watch his answer, ladies and gentlemen, verse 11. He answered and said to them, because it has been given to you, you who? The disciples to know, come on, the mysteries, but to 
them. Oh, Jesus, this is. Y'all better grab a hold of this. There are things that you as a disciple are privy to that they as multitudes are not privy to. And as long as you stay on a multitude level, you will never know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. What, what is a mystery? A mystery, a mystery is, a, is a secret thing that is unknown to man. He says to them, because it has been given to you to know the mystery of the kingdom of, kingdom of heaven. So, so, the, 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 so the multitude cannot know the mystery of the kingdom. The multitude can come to church. The multitude can come to the, to the love feast. The multitude can go to the small group. The multitude can go to that. The multitude can do that. But the multitude doesn't get the kingdom mysteries. Well, y'all are quiet in this Presbyterian church. The multitude doesn't get access to the secrets. You, you see, and these are kingdom secrets. It, it's like, oh, Jesus, help me, help me, Holy Ghost. How many understand that there is another dimension above us? That, that the kingdom of God is real and it supersedes the kingdom of this earth. That what you and I are living in and among and around in this world is not the reality. It's not, it's not what rules things. That if you're going to actually walk in real kingdom wealth and walk in real kingdom health and walk in real kingdom success, you must access kingdom mysteries. Y'all not. That the kingdom is realer than real. <laughs> That the kingdom is the reality, that this world is not the reality. How many of y'all, some of y'all might, might, might not be old, old enough to remember the movie series, The Matrix. But The, the Matrix was, a, was sort of a good depiction of this reality. That there, there is, as my, my son Caleb says, there's, there's a reality within a reality. That the kingdom of God is a reality that's within a reality. And, thank you, Holy Ghost. Let me slow down. And Jesus said in Luke 17, 21, he says, and the kingdom is in you. I wish I wasn't, I wish I wasn't in a Baptist church. I wish I was in a faith church today. The kingdom is in you. If you're born again, the kingdom is in you. So there's something that exists inside of you that has the power. the revelation has what you need to overcome this world and he says and it's already inside you you're walking around with kingdom overcoming power kingdom overcoming mysteries on the inside of you but the problem is as long as you remain a multitudeer and not a disciple you never get revelation of the kingdom that's sitting on the inside of you. As long as you treat God and treat the things of God like, like you know, do drop in. I'm stopping by every once in a while and talk to God. Stop by every once in a while and hang out with God. I'm stop by and see how God's doing. Stop by and, you know, every once in a while and just, just check it out. You're not a disciple. 
just in the multitude and you just out there to get the fish and the loaves and the bread and I'm going to stop in and see what God can do for me this Sunday. I'm going to stop in and see what God can do for me this morning. I'm going to stop by and see how God can touch me because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little low. I need God to touch my life a little. Wait a minute. That ain't what a disciple does. So, thank you, Holy Ghost. So, when you live like that, then all you can do is stop by for a little minute. And you have to. Because you then end up depending on somebody else's kingdom access. Can, I need you to pray for me. Can you pray for me? Can you pray for me? I need you to pray for me. Wait a minute. The kingdom is on the inside of you. The problem is you're not a disciple and you don't know how to tap into it yourself. D, tell Annie, he preaching. I mean, y'all know, you may not want to hear it, but he preaching. And you got to have somebody else pray for you. Somebody else fight your battles. Somebody else do your business, do your, do your. And you're walking around with the kingdom in you. But because you stay on multitude status, you never get a revelation of the mysteries of the kingdom. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I got to say that. Because this means that the kingdom in you doesn't operate, operate like the old kingdom that you were in. You're used to operating like the flesh. Every one of us are taught in this world how to operate by the flesh. How to operate by Satan's course of this world. How to follow the dictates of the flesh. How to do whatever the flesh and whatever the system tells you to do. But Satan's system is dragging people down into desolation. And you're used to operating, okay, this is how I feel, so this is what I do. This is what I think, so this is what I do. Where the kingdom operates in a totally different way, but it's a mystery. It's a mystery. It's a mystery, which means that you don't know by your natural mind how to operate in this kingdom way. Well, how am I going to find out? You got to change from being in the multitude to being a disciple. See, I, <laughs> other, other, I told my wife the other night, I, I had a dream. I dreamt. I dreamt about, uh, I'm going to call her name, Miss Charlotte. Cause this, I prophesied this is going to happen. Other night, I dreamt that Miss Charlotte, y'all know Miss Charlotte? Yeah. I dreamt, tax lady, Miss Charlotte. <laughs> I dreamt that Miss Charlotte went and bought she came and showed us receipt and showed us car. She went and bought a, a brand new Maserati for a, a, a hundred and nine. She showed me the receipt, $119,000 cash. And I told her, when I told her, I said, I prophesy that your business will have that kind of success. Now watch, wait, wait, because you're clapping, but watch. That won't happen by the old kingdom way of doing things. It's going to happen 
by tapping into the revelation of the kingdom of God within you. Nah, y'all looking at me like. I remember, I remember a few years back, I, I lost from a vision of the of a giant cluster of grapes. They were hanging right above Thomas and and and, and Pastor Joshua. Hanging, giant cluster of grapes hanging right above that area right there. That's prosperity. That's what that, that's that's what it means. Those are the kind of dreams I have. Those are the kind of visions God gives me about the people in the house. Now, that means that God is He's showing me things about you, your prosperity, your success that I've been trying to preach to you for years. Y'all gonna make me sit down and close my Bible. I've been I've been trying to preach you into this for years. But if you have a multitude mindset and not a discipleship mindset, you can't get the revelation. By now, by now, there should have been 11 millionaires in this church already. I prophesied it. God showed it to me. And it's, it's supposed to be here. It ain't the seed. But it's multitude ground and not discipleship ground. Because the disciple knows to get where God wants me to be, I need to forsake all. Multitude people come and go. Multitude people, I can take it or leave it. But disciples sell out. Y'all, Okay, all right, all right, all right. This is this is a lot gooder than y'all are letting on. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to help you step into what God put in you. Ooh, that sounded good. I'm sure I remember that. I'm trying to help you step into what God put in you. Somebody write that down for me, please. I don't. I'm. I'm gonna try to say it again. I'm trying to help you. Step into what God put in you. I'm going to say it one more time. I'm trying to help you step into what God already put in you. He put the kingdom in you. He, the whole kingdom. Luke 12, 32. Luke 12, 32. The Bible says, Jesus says this. He says, he says, fear not little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Well, y'all didn't. He said, fear not, little flock. Luke 12, 32. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now, Luke 12, he's going through. You remember in Matthew 6, he talks about, you know, take no thought of your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to put, all that kind of stuff. 
Seek first the kingdom of God is righteous. All these things will be added to you. Luke 12 saying said the same thing. It's the same teaching. And in Luke 12, 32, he says, hey, don't worry about how you're going to pay your rent. He said, why are you worried about how you're going to buy eggs? Why are you worried about how you're going to buy kids' school clothes come next school year? He says, fear not, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure not to give you rent. Not to give you a baby need a new pair of shoes. He said, it is your, is anybody saying this today, man? Y'all, should I just quit? I'll quit. It's, it's 1233. It is your, y'all, y'all sleeping like, like we lost an hour this morning. Did we lose an hour this morning? It is your father's good pleasure to give you the, not a, the. There's only one, the kingdom. You beat me to it. I was going to call out next Psalm 103, 19. Put up Psalm 103, 19. Hallelujah. I'm full. This ain't my notes. The media, y'all just got to follow me. Now, he said he's going to give you the kingdom. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom. That means you have an overruling kingdom inside you. He gave you the kingdom. He put it inside you, and that kingdom rules over everything. Tell your neighbor, I, I don't know if you know who you are. I, I, don't, I don't know if you know what you have. I, I, don't, I don't know if you understand what's inside of you. But pastor's trying to help you step into what God put in you. Step on into it. Step on into it, man. You are a multimillionaire. That's in you. It's your, y'all not, it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. success waiting to happen. You are already the healed. It's the kingdom of God, Jehovah Rapha. That's what's in you. Ever going, I don't know how is that in the problem. The problem, thank you, Holy Ghost. Do you remember one time James and John, the Bible calls them the sons of Zebedee? These guys, Jesus would send them out, hey, y'all go and go to the cities and you know, get them ready for me. I'm coming to these cities. And James and John went to a certain city, and uh, the Bible says the people in the city weren't, weren't feeling it. And James and John came to Jesus and said, Jesus, hey. You want us to call down fire from heaven? 
You got it, Chris. They said, you want us to call down fire from heaven? They weren't saying, Jesus, you know you need to call down fire from heaven. They hit a level of revelation because of their discipleship. And they said, hey, you want us to call down fire from heaven? Because we'll take care of this right now. If you want us to take care of this, we'll call down fire from heaven. See, you have fire from heaven calling down ability on the inside of you. Well, I ain't never heard that before in my life. You have calling down fire from heaven ability on the inside of you. There's a kingdom. Thank you, Holy Ghost. When Jesus told us to pray, he said, pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Then he said down later, for thine is the kingdom and, and so the kingdom has power and glory. You're walking around with the kingdom and power and glory in you and you worried about your rent. You worried about somebody don't like you? They talking about me. And you walk around with power and glory on the inside of you? Let them talk. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against me in judgment, I shall condemn. I'm walking around with kingdom and power and glory on the inside of me. Oh, pastor, can you pray for me? Because the devil, the devil on my track. Devil, the devil really giving me a hard time. Do you know you have the kingdom and the power and the glory inside you? This is a disciple's revelation. Multitudes don't know that. When Jesus when Jesus fed the 5,000 men, those women and children, he didn't make it self-service. It wasn't, it wasn't self-service. He gave it to the disciples. Because the disciples had a revelation. Wait a minute. Once they said, oh, wait, wait. Jesus is doing something. We got to flow with him. So the disciples, oh, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. I didn't see that. I didn't see any of this, Holy Ghost, tell you the truth. John um, 6, I think is what says this right here. In John 6, uh, Verse 11, John 6, verse 11, because he's dealing with these multitudes, right? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. No, I'm, let's do Luke's version. Look at Luke's version. 
Look at Luke number 9, chapter 9, and verse 14, 15, and 16. This all right with y'all? Because media, I'm off script. Y'all just flow with me. Luke 9, 14, 15, and 16. Says, for there were about 5,000 men. Then he said to who? Make them. Make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so. And made them all sit down. Verse 16, then he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them and gave them to, to set before. So this is how it happens in the church today. That disciples spend time with Jesus. They get fed, and the multitudes feed off the disciples. That's not the way it was designed to be. But that's how things have become. But the people, they don't connect with Jesus themselves. They depend on those who are disciples to do all the praying. We're going to fast this Friday. This fast Friday. Oh, no, I ain't, I ain't about all that fasting. <laughs> I don't have time for that. I have better things to do than to be fasting. But then when you need prayer, you find the ones who've been fasting. When your house is going through hell, you find the ones who've been fasting. The ones who move out of the multitude status into disciple status. Oh, boy. So, everybody say this. Say, I have the kingdom inside of me. I'm trying to wait, find a way to jump back in here because I'm way off. The disciples were the ones who fellowship with Jesus. The, the, the multitude only followed him to get something. In fact, in, in John 6, Jesus told them one place over there, media can put it up, he says, you follow me for the fish and the, and the, and the loaves, fish and the bread. That's the only reason you follow me. You're not following me for the word. <laughs> I'm going to go to John 6. It's something, something big here. Something big here in John 6. Can y'all go back over there? Yes. John 6, verse 26. Verse 26. Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because, the God, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Glory to God. So he knows they're following him just to get something. 
Now, go over to the end of the chapter here. Ooh, wee, 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 wee. <clears throat> Jesus told him in, this, in the course of that chapter, he said, if you really want to be with me, you got to, um, in fact, verse 53, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats, and eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides me and I in him. So notice he's calling them beyond this natural food they're getting into taking him as their food. Taking him as their drink. Taking him as their substance. Now as he taught this, they, they, they said, no, wait a minute. It says in verse, 53, verse 60, many of his disciples even said, this is hard saying, who can understand it? He's asked in verse 61, does this offend you? Look down in verse, verse 66. From that time, many of his who? disciples went back and walked with him no more. So even disciples... There's a place that you hit that if you're not really sold out, if you've not forsaken all, if you've not really um, uh, uh, left everything, you'll turn back even though you've you followed for a while. Even if you follow closely for a while. There are people who follow God closely, follow Jesus closely. And you see them today, and they're not even walking with him anymore. But watch these guys who had given up everything. The Bible says in verse 67, then Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? You want to leave too? This is why I don't chase anybody to leave the church. Let the door hit you with a good Lord split you. You got to go get him. No, 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 no. Jesus didn't. Jesus didn't chase anybody. No, the, the, the disciples, those, those who were with him, this is what they said. They said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We're not here for fish and loaves. We know how to fish. We can make some bread, but we can't get this word nowhere. Lord Jesus, help me out. I, I can't. I can't. I, I can fish. I can. I can. I can make me a barbecue sandwich, but but I, I can't. I can't get this word. You're the one that has this word, Jesus. you and having this word is more valuable to me than fish and loaves. Thank you, Lord. 
Oh, boy. Tell your neighbor, I don't have anything better to do. That, that's why, that's why Jesus, when he asked those guys, y'all go on, they said, no, we don't have anything better to do. What, what is better than this? Peter tried it. Remember after Jesus went to the cross? And Peter in John 21, the Bible says, Peter said, I go a fishing, which meant he's actually, he was going back to the fishing business. Couldn't find Jesus. Jesus was out preaching and doing other things after the resurrection. He said, I'm going back to fishing. And one day they're out there fishing, one night again, and they catch nothing all night. And Jesus stands on the shore and says, hey, have y'all caught any meat? And they said, no. He says, well, launch a net on the other side, on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. And they did. They found some, some fish. And they brought in so much, this time the net didn't break. And one of the guys, I think John, one of them says, hey, that's Jesus. Because only he can make this happen. This, this kind of evidence only happens when we're Jesus. We only get this when we're around. When we're doing things our own way, we don't. Remember we had that time before we couldn't catch all night, but when Jesus came around, things changed. And Peter jumped off the boat girded himself and swam to the shore and found Jesus and when they got there Jesus already had fish what they were looking for he already had it caught, clean and cooking that's the way I like my fish too, caught, clean and cooked people go fishing, pass. I caught some mullet I'm going to bring you some, you better already be caught Clean and cook. Don't bring it to me if I, if I got to clean it or cook it, I don't want it. You up there, you know, I just, I just got better things to do than be cleaning fish. I, my, dad, my dad made me do that, do that when I was a kid. We cleaned a lot of fish when we were kids. I ain't cleaning no more fish. But they found the, him there with the fish. And he sat Peter down. And he said, Peter, remember Peter had denied Jesus. He said, Peter, do you love me more than these? All this fish you were going back to, he said, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than this fishing? Do you love me more than this stuff? And Peter said, yeah, you know I love you. He said, well, hey, okay, feed my lambs. In other words, he was calling Peter back into ministry. Because Peter had gotten so disturbed, he had gone back, so discouraged, he had gone back to natural living. And sometimes what God tells you, I know it's happened to many people besides me, can be so challenging. It might almost push you back to natural because God, that's, God, that's too far out. I got somebody on this side. Nobody on this side. You, you, some on this. Y'all, y'all said God's told you some things that were too far out. Anybody, God showed you anything that's just way out there? Just it's far out. Well, I got news for you. If He showed it to you, it's because that's where He's taking you. But you can only get there through the kingdom. You can only get there through your discipleship. 
But if you drop back down to natural thinking, natural living, natural talking, natural behavior, you'll never get there. So Peter those guys that fished all night again and caught nothing. And what they were fishing for, he already had. He was showing them, you ain't got to go fishing for this no more. I have everything you need. Come back and act like a disciple. Come back and live like a disciple. Oh, man, I don't know who that's for. Somebody, God's inviting you back to discipleship. You know, I, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a pastor, and I've been a pastor this year makes 25 years, 25 years. This, this year makes 25 years. And, as a, and I, I, was already, I was already a pastor in here before I became a pastor. Years, even while I was serving at my former church, out in, inside there I was a pastor. Always, always, not, not that I wanted to be a pastor. I didn't want to be a pastor. I refused, and people call me pastor. Don't call me that because I'm not a pastor. But on the inside, really, I, I, was, a, I was pastor. In other words, I, I loved people. I loved to, to keep the sheep. I loved to see people grow and, and watch people develop. And so I've always had this pastoral calling and this pastoral anointing on my life. And as a pastor, I watch people. And it's, 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 it's easy for me to tell when people drop down from discipleship back to membership. It's easy to tell. When, when, when people leave this church, I'm never surprised. You're never surprised? Nope. It didn't catch off guard? Nope. You're not grieving? Nope, not now. I grieved a long time ago. I'm not, I'm not grieving now. I already grieved that. It's like watching somebody who, you know, they're, they're stage four cancer and they're dealing with for three years. You've already, you already, you know it's coming. It's, you grieved them. Alzheimer's, you just kind of watch this slow death. You know, it, you know it's, it's happening. So I'm not, I don't grieve because I, I already grieved a long time ago. I know they're done. Y'all, y'all looking at me like that. Because, because I, I'm able to watch people drop from discipleship down to just membership. Yeah, there, there's a way sons and daughters act. There's a way disciples act. And a way members act. But y'all looking at me like I better... You talking, talking about my friends? About your, I don't care nothing about your friends. Nothing about your friend. I, I have to grieve sons and daughters. What are you talking about, your friend? These are my sons and daughters. I'm we talking about. And my friend, your friend. I'm talking about Jesus wants people on a in a level of their lives where they can get revelation. And if you thank you, Holy Spirit, I'll say this here and I'm going to have to let y'all go because you sleep. If you drop from discipleship to membership, you begin sitting in the church to renew your mind backwards. Yeah. 
you begin to renew your mind backwards. The same way when you come into the house of God and you get around teaching like this, faith teaching, kingdom teaching, and you begin to be transformed by the renewal of your mind, your mind starts being renewed. You start learning, okay, okay, I am, I am uh, what God called me. I am the righteousness of God. I am walking the fullness of God. I am. You begin to, woo, boy, and things begin to change your life. You're like, boy, you, you feel lighter, feel brighter. Boy, you're talking different. You're walking different. Everything's happening different in, in your life, and that, that's because you're, you're growing into discipleship. You're, you're learning. Boy, you're grabbing a hole. You're, you're growing in God, but when you begin to slip back and it's a trick of the enemy it's a trick of the enemy to pull you back out of that discipleship status no 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 your mama wasn't a disciple no 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 come back your grandma wasn't all into it like that no no you come back see because the devil wants you to be to pull back into a comfort level he don't want you to outdo your family. He don't want you to go past where your family went and past where your... He, wa he wants you to stay right here with the status quo in your life. I wish I could talk to him like I really want to talk to him. He, he, wants, to, he wants to pull you back down into a place uh, where, where you don't, you don't ruff, ruffle uh, any feathers, where you don't... You don't... You don't, you don't you don't uh, uh, rock the boat. You don't, you don't tip over any sacred cows where you don't destroy any altars or any idols where you don't, where you just kind of blend in with the rest of the crowd and you just, you go back to being a religious person. Well, you don't walk in any anointing. You don't walk in a gift. You don't walk in a calling. You never walk in an assignment. You just attend. When you feel like it. And the devil knows if he can keep you on that level, you will never, ever be a threat to his kingdom. it happen. I try to preach people back into it and tell them back into it. But when the devil gets a hold of you and you, you find pastor, I would be there, but I have something better to do. Well, I'm not saying that. No, 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 no. Your actions speak louder than your words. What you do with your time shows what you value. Boy, this this is this is this is this is boy, this is this is get you kicked out of a church kind of message right here. This will get you voted out of a regular Baptist church, you know that, right? The deacons will call you in and vote you out of the church. What you do with your no, no, Pastor. I I I I know y'all got something going on, y'all. That's, that's, that's one of the ways I know people go on, when people start saying y'all. When I hear y'all, I know you gone. Chris, this all right? 
You work in security today? You got me? Okay. What y'all got going on? Oh, now it's us and them. See? See, we're, we're talking about a place that you come to that you're, you're on a downward spiral back to the natural. Well, it's one-on-one. Y'all better stand up. I, I got to stop. I got, I, got, I got too much to get into. Woo-wee. In the 14th chapter of Luke, I don't have time to go through it. Maybe I'll preach it next Sunday. Maybe God will tell me to do something different. I'm going to tell God, God, they don't want to hear this. I came, God, and they pushed back on me. They pushed, they pushed back on me, Lord. I felt the resistance, Lord. Jesus said many are called, but few are chosen. Do you know why few are chosen? Because only a few will forsake all. Only a few will have the kind of reckless abandonment that says, God, bump all this. I'd rather have you and follow you and do whatever you say. We're in a church world today where if, if it's too cold outside, If my dad used to say growing up that 10 drops of rain will keep 100 people away out of church. Maybe it's raining too hard. Rain is, I watch people in Green Bay, Wisconsin, stand in the snow for four hours watching a football game in the snow. And people can't, can't brave the rain to come and sit in, in a temperature control room got a brand new roof ain't no rain coming in here brand spanking new brand new windows ain't no rain coming in here it's just, we're good but people it's just, it's just, it's just. see and, and what happens is when people have I'm, I'm trying to say it deep, but I'm, I'm trying to say it graciously. Because I'm not trying to disparage you nor discourage you. I'm trying to challenge you to come up. Because if you... Once you come up, because I'm believing God, you're going to do it. I'm releasing my faith right now that everybody in this room is going to step into a discipleship status. That's what I've been praying for. That's what I'm believing God for because where God wants us to go, where he wants you even as an individual child of his to go, 
it's going to require you to forsake everything. The kingdom of God is the only thing, the only place where you can give up everything and lose nothing. There's a man in the 10th chapter of Mark. I'll say this and I'll quit. The 10th chapter of Mark, this man, we call him the rich young ruler, who went to Jesus and said, hey, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, keep the commandments, you know, love the Lord and honor your father and mother and all those kind of things like that. And he said, well, I've done all that for my youth. He says, well, one thing you lack. He says, yeah, he loved him, the Bible says. He looked on and loved him and said to him, well, here's one thing you lack. He says, go sell what you have, give to the poor, take up your cross, and follow me. Go sell what you have, give to the poor, take up your cross, and follow me. And the man, the Bible says he had great possessions, right? And he walked away, he left sorrowful. Because he had great possessions, which means he wasn't willing to give up what he had to get what he asked for. He's the one who asked for it. But I heard my spiritual dad say this one time. Matter of fact, the first time he ever walked into this church, he said, sometimes the answer becomes your problem. He asked for eternal life. Jesus told him how to get it. But he went away and said, no, I can't do that. I got too much stuff. And he walked away, Laquanda, and after he walked away, Jesus starts preaching to the disciples. And he said, no one who's ever left father, a mother, or children, a house, or land, all these things, sister, brother, for my sake of the gospels, who shall not receive houses and lands and mothers and brothers and sisters and children a hundredfold in this time. Which meant that he said that if the man was willing to leave what he had he would have gained a hundred times more than he left. And what I'm, I'm going to say this, I'm, I'm done, I'm done Thomas. If you and I will be willing to leave what we have. God will increase us so exponentially that what we had will pale in comparison to what we have now. Because we'll step into a place of revelation of the kingdom of God that will bring everything we could ever desire freely into our lives. Well, you don't toil for it anymore. You don't struggle for it anymore. It comes to you easy. And that's what God's offering people today. Will you be my disciples? God, here's my answer. I don't have anything better to do. And listen, listen. And we're not saying it like folks say, you know, hey, you, can you come by the, uh, you want to come by the house? We're just going to go sit in the backyard and, you know, play cars. Well, I don't have nothing better to do. No, 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 not like that. No, I don't have anything better to do. There's nothing I have better to do than to follow Jesus. 
There's no plan. There's no career. There's no desire. There's no trip. There's no, there's no person you got to marry. No, 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 no body you got to be with. That's better than being with Jesus. There's no family coming in town that's more important than being with Jesus. There's nothing. I'm nothing better to do. There's nothing better than being in the presence of the Lord. I'm done. Let's, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. I know online they're clapping right now. Online they're clapping. Praise the Lord. Y'all join them online. They're clapping online. Y'all join them with them. Now listen. This didn't go the way I planned it. I thought it was going to be something, you know, nice and cute. And, but uh, or, um, God... I hope you know what kind of church you're in. You are not in a status quo church. You're not in a status quo ministry. You're not under a status quo pastor. I'm going to say this, and if nobody, if your family don't believe it, bump them. You are under an apostolic prophetic covering. If I'm not to them, at least I'll be that to you. And that being said, the apostolic prophetic covering, the anointing is here to raise you up, send you out, and cause you to become all God calls you to be. My ministry is not to help you maintain. My ministry is not to help you just, you know, cope with life's little problems. So I don't preach about, you know, how to handle it when you're shattered and when you're going through. Uh, yeah, that, that's nice. I'm here to preach what's in you up and out into the earth. I'm here, Deacon Mac, I think I remember it, to help you step into what God already put in you. Put your hand on, your, on yourself and say, there's something in me. It's big. It's great. It's massive. It's large. It's important. Did you catch that last one? It's important. What God put on the inside of you is important to this earth. What he put in you is important to this earth. It's important to this earth. You are not just a number. You are carrying around um, the Bible says we have this treasure 
in earthen vessels. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. There's a treasure inside you. Valuable treasure. That God deposited in you. He planned it before you were born. But he sealed it once you got born again. And when you come here, it's to activate that thing inside you. So that's why God doesn't want you to be just a member. You're not just a member, D. Thank God for members. I mean, every pastor wants to have members. I, I believe, Lynette, if all of our members came on, on I, I tell you this, if all of my members were here on a Sunday, we couldn't see everybody if all of our members were here. If all of our members showed up on the same Sunday, I'm hoping everybody showed up Resurrection Sunday, April 9th, we're going to eat together and all that kind of stuff. If all of our members showed up on one Sunday, we couldn't hold everybody. But I also know that we have a lot of members who they're no longer with us because they were just members. Members come and go. I'm not looking for members. I'm looking for disciples of Jesus Christ because we are the ones, the disciples, who will manifest the glory in the kingdom of God in the earth. What we see happening in the earth, all the evil, all the disasters, all the tragedy in the earth, the whole earth is groaning, travailing, waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God. Sonship revelation is a disciple's revelation. Members never discover sonship. Disciples discover sonship. And I'm challenging every person in this house and those of you members online, I'm challenging you to step beyond membership. Step beyond being part of the multitude into being Christ's disciple. So he can tell you things that other people don't know. Pastor, how am I going to get ahead in life? Is when he tells you things other people don't know. What's going to make my business stand out? It's a thousand hairdressers. It's a thousand pizza people. It's a thousand burger, burger. He's going to tell you something others don't know. The Bible says the secret of the Lord, the secret of the Lord, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. He wants to tell you some secrets. Gershon, there's a thousand insurance offices all over St. Pete. What would make yours the biggest in the region? He's going to tell you a secret. But you have to be a disciple. Lord, today I pray for your people. I know this is a hard word like Jesus was given in John 6, a hard saying.
it's a challenging word because it pulls us out of our comfort zones and challenges our behaviors, challenges our mindsets, challenges our routines, challenges the agendas that we set, our own plans. God, we've made many of us our own plans for our own lives. without submitting our plans to you, without asking you what you want. And we only come just to get something or just to feel something, just to get a little touch and then go back to our own schedule, our own routine. But God, that's not the kind of person that will discover kingdom mysteries. Your secrets are with those who fear you. You will show us and guide us in the way you choose. So, Father, today I ask that every person on the sound of my voice would move, if they haven't already, from membership to discipleship, from being part of the multitude into being part of your close-knit group of disciples who will follow your voice, heed your voice, follow your way, and do what you've called every one of us to do. Father, I speak to that identity, to that purpose, to that assignment, to that destiny in every person. I speak to that dream, that vision that you placed there. I speak to that thing that you've spoken in the hearts of your people. And God, I stir it up right now. I stir up every gifting, every calling, every unction of the Holy Ghost. I stir it now in the name of Jesus. That God, your people will step out of the mundane, out of the regular, out of the comfort, out of the, the ease and into that challenging place where they're walking on the water. Stepping out on your word. I pray today, Father, that we, your people, will fulfill our kingdom, our assignments, the places, the reasons you have us here on this earth, in this city, in this region. And I know, Father, that what you will do in our lives, you will get all the glory for it. We seek no glory. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. In Jesus' name, I thank you for it. I thank you for it. Thank you, Lord. Now, if there's anybody in this room today before we leave, one, you're not born again, I want you to get born again. I want you to step into that first place, that first level. You're not born again. I want you to get born again today to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. If that's you, I want you to come. If that's you, I want you to come to this altar. I want to pray for you to get born again, to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. And then, secondly, if anybody in here today, you're sick in your body and you need to be healed, I'll ask you to come to today. Because God will heal you today. 
This is what disciples, this is what we do. He gave his disciples power and authority to heal the sick, to cast out devils, to cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. So you come now. You come now, whoever you are.